Thank you, Joe. And as everyone has kept saying throughout the morning, how good it is to see people in church this morning. It's a new experience in one sense to have both people in church and watching online. So hi to those who are still watching online. And isn't it great to be reminded that even youths can grow tired and weary. So in case you're sort of not a youth anymore and you're feeling tired and weary, it's good to remind ourselves that even those who are young, fit and active have points in their lives where they too can get tired and worn out. Well, what a season this has been. Pretty unique. We've learnt so much in the last few months. We've learnt about the value of toilet paper. There's no doubt that really is high on our agenda. We've also learnt about how far our spit can travel when we sing. I'd never thought about that before until this season. That's really helpful advice now when you sing in each other. We've learned about how not to pass germs onto each other, about the value of washing our hands. I think I've probably got more alcohol in my hands than I've drunk in the last few months. Everywhere I go, it's like more alcohol, more alcohol. Uh, we've learned how quickly change can come. How quickly change can come. And you and I know that's going to continue for quite a while yet. Um, We've also learned about how we can miss the simple things. That's one thing I've realised in my own life, how the simple things that I've taken for granted can just, wow, I've forgotten how much I value just going out. I now realise how wonderful it is to go to Woolies and shop. I really never thought I'd value that as much as I do today. The lights, the colours, the people, it's fantastic. We've learned about the power in patience and waiting. We've learned about the wonder of technology and we've also learned about how technology can cause us all to pull our hair out. Both is true. And we have many questions that are going to remain unanswered for quite a while. Uh, will tomorrow be different? What really is happening in the state of Victoria? Uh, when will this come to an end? How much do you believe this is really happening or it's just a conspiracy? maybe depending where you live. When will the vaccine be really available, which should produce great hope? There's many questions. Um, will tomorrow be better than today? Um, is this winter colder than last winter? Or is it just cold? Many of you probably enjoy winter. It's good to remind ourselves that, guess what, after winter comes spring. Another day, another hope. Is God in control? And that's the question that, while you may not be asking that, that's the question that I keep pondering on and keep asking. It's the question that interests many people, both Christians and non-Christians. Where is this all going? What is the next step? What's the future hold? And so that's what I want to wrestle with today. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy to us. We thank you for how you sustain all things. But indeed, we thank you today that we can gather together, even if it's in a smaller number, and we can enjoy being here on site and online. Father, help us always lift our eyes to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I accept that not everyone is asking this question, is God in control? I, I accept that. But I think at some point in this season, as I've spoken to different people, the season has made you, well, I think, forced you to think about other things and maybe forced you to think about the reality of your life and how frail the human life is and how I don't know about tomorrow, 
We've learnt that through James chapter 4. I shouldn't really boast about my plans for tomorrow, says one who had plans on retirement. Uh, There's all sorts of things that one should be thinking about, but indeed our future, our life, our status before God is something we need to contemplate. Uh, Is there more to this life than what we experience? Is there something going on that we may be blind to? Is there a God who is above all of this? Is there a God who is in control of all of this and who knows what's happening, who knows the days that have happened yesterday, today and tomorrow? Uh, We'll get to that answer in a moment. All these questions that people have and have been asking lots of questions and we shouldn't be surprised that those who have gone before us, like the nation of Israel, themselves asked questions. They too pondered many things and they too had experienced hard times. They knew what it was like to struggle. They knew about pain and suffering. They knew about worries and burdens and exhaustion and tiredness. And they too knew about that great question, God, where are you? Are you in control? Have you left us to our own devices? Uh, Will this season ever end? That's a question I keep pondering. Uh, Can't you picture them singing? You know, by the river of Babylon. You want me to sing it, but I really won't. Psalm 1. Where's Boney M for those who know that band when you need them? By the rivers of Babylon. What did they do? Did they sit down and just party on? No, like uh, Psalm 137, they wept. Uh, They remembered the good old days. Can you actually remember February and March of this year? Is there anything that takes you back to that moment in time? How quickly things have gone. God, where are you? What is going on? How can you help us? Why aren't you interfering? The prophet Isaiah writes in this most magnificent part of Scripture in chapter 40. So much had gone on in those first 39 chapters. He gets to this point in time and he does sort of want to rebuke them gently, but he wants to remind them about who God is. He wants to encourage them. He wants them to know that God is aware of their circumstance. That's what the first 39 chapters have done in this part of Isaiah. And yet other questions still remain. We are still in crisis mode. Things are still different. We in New South Wales continue to ponder, will the Victorian situation have any impact on us or the rest of Australia? And it shouldn't surprise you if you looked at the start of chapter 40, uh, verse 1, comfort, comfort my people is how Isaiah starts. That should give you some sense of what he's going to say and how he's going to say it. It gives you insight into all the things that are going to follow. This amazing chapter highlights the simple fact that God is outside of our time and space. He can intervene, change, control, adapt. He's aware of the people's distress then. He is aware of our situation today. He has not forgotten us in that sense. He is great enough to help. And because we know that he's revealed himself in the person of Jesus, he's close enough to want to help. And always remember, to wait on God isn't just simply to mark time and think, oh, another day, another month, another week. No, it's actually to be active. It's to have that hopeful expectation, God, I know you're doing a great work in this season. And I know an even greater work is going to happen beyond this season. And Isaiah, as he spoke to his people, he wanted to remind them of hope. Hope. And as a result, he reminds them, about who God is. That's how he does it. Verse 18, with whom then will you compare God? That great question. To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood. 
that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. And these words, they are like, I'm putting the word gentle rebuke. I don't think he just wants to just go hammer and tongs at them, but he wants to remind them who God is. And really, for those who love the book of Job, and that's one of my great pastimes at the moment to keep reading through Job. Job 38 to 41, there's this sense as Job comes to an end where God is seeking to remind Job and others actually who is God and who is in control and who controls all things. And Job was a reminder of that. And we don't need another example to wonder about what comes. I mean, I wonder who here, Shane had us lifting our hands before. I wonder here who doesn't believe that spring will follow winter. Anyone? I wonder here who believes that summer won't follow spring. No, of course you believe it. You know it. You've lived long enough to know that actually happens every year, doesn't it? Every single year, it's the same four seasons. Isaiah will remind the people of the one who's in control of the natural order and also, as a result, in control of the supernatural world. If that phrase is true, wow, you know, it's as true as night follows day. Has anyone ever heard that statement somewhere from their parents or grandparents? That's such a true statement. How do you compare with whom do you set up and say well look look who else we can compare God with who is that and we can get excited about the things of this world we can get excited about the things we've made and some of them can be very mysterious and attractive maybe we have them on our shelves at home but do we really compare them to God Uh, Isaiah's concern it seems to me is that when God's promises appear to be distant We start to lose hope and we start to doubt his goodness to us. And yet if we do that, we can forget too quickly and you can check it out at home later on. Or this morning, Isaiah 55, verse 11, that most famous verse in Isaiah 55. My word will not. It won't return to me empty. There's a power in the word of God. Which of God's promises have failed us so far? I can't think of any so far, you know, in the middle of winter, spring comes next, that's good, I don't doubt that because I've experienced it, and so if I don't doubt what happens in the natural world, I won't doubt what happens with these promises in the supernatural world. Is God in control? Yes. Who can I compare God with? No one. There is no one like our God, we should sing that at some point, there is no one like our God, he's unique. An idol? No, I can't compare God to an idol. God is the creator God, the sustainer of all things. He is not finite. He's infinite. And so Isaiah is calling people to trust in God that they know, no matter their circumstance. And so now he wants to push it even further. And he says, let me remind you about the power of one. I stole that title from a book or a movie you might have heard. The power of one. When He says, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? This is like question after question after question. It's building and building and building. And then he jumps in. He sits enthroned. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy. He brings princes to naught. I hope many of you have seen the movie Chariots of Fire and there's a wonderful clip in Chariots of Fire, not only Vangelis and the wonderful music that goes with that for those who love music, which is all of you clearly, and Eric Little 
Some people pronounce his surname Liddell. There's a scene in that movie, you might have seen, I think it's like fantastic. He stands in the pulpit and he reads from Isaiah 40. And he reads with such a powerful Scottish accent. So right now, I'm imagining myself speaking with a powerful Scottish accent, just like he did. And it's a powerful moment in the movie as he reminds everyone about who this God is. Isaiah doesn't hold back. And it's like his frustration. You know, are you listening to one side of an argument? Are you only listening to one story? Why? It'd be like being in a court setting and only listening to a prosecutor and not hearing the defense speak. You know, it's, it's like that. It's like, have you not heard the truth? Are you not interested in what has gone on and what is going on? And so he speaks about the power of this God sitting enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers stretching out the heavens. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. They're pretty powerful statements. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither. And the whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. It's like, haven't your parents told you about this? Haven't your grandparents told you about this God? Have they held back from speaking outwardly about who controls this world? That God is a great God, a God above all gods, the king of all kings. Compared to God, we are like grasshoppers. We come and we go and we know that because we are so frail. We cannot determine the tomorrows. We cannot determine the length of our lives. A proud men and women, you know, whether they be kings, prime ministers or princes or presidents who might have fireworks going off around them, Isaiah is saying God can bring them down in the blink of an eye. Do not get too puffed up with your position or yourself. In an instant they can be brought low. They stand, verse 23 reminds us, for only a short time. Put God in the rightful place. Put God in the rightful place. Because the day will come when we all stand before God. He is the one who creates the winds and the stars and the oceans. And we surely must know that as we live in a place called Wollongong, the Illawarra, when we look around, no matter where we go, it is absolutely beautiful. We are blessed to be in such a place. You know, maybe there's been an election in a part of our, our country down south of where Wollongong is, and maybe we should vote in someone who can change the seasons. Someone, maybe when there's a new federal election, we could vote in someone who's got the power over the seasons, someone who can control all things. There's a, a new prime minister we might need, or there's a new archbishop that we might need. I've got an idea. Let's get a new rector. That's actually what's happening, by the way. Uh, let's employ a rector who can not only walk on water, but uh, you know, cure the sick and raise the dead, but also can change the seasons. You're thinking, yeah, that's tongue-in-cheek. Yes, it is. Why? Because that's the point that those eyes make. Who can you compare anyone or anything to God? No one. No one can challenge God. Those eyes point, don't, don't be ridiculous to contemplate such a thing. We'll put someone in such a position that is over and above all the things that happen. We cannot compare anyone in this world to God. And so Isaiah is wanting people to know this. The universe is God's home. God is permanent. I am not. And so he reminds them of the power that we have seen 
through God's mighty hand. Again, you hear these echoes from verse 18 in verse 25. To whom will you compare me or who is my equal? And they're just simply questions that really force you to think and ponder. Says the Holy One, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. What a picture is painted. Wow, and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. This is the picture. As I was painting for those who read this and those who listened, as I want you to be reminded of today, this is the God who we worship, the one who has revealed himself in the person of Jesus, the one we can know. It's simply a majestic picture of an all-powerful God, all-seeing, lift up your eyes. Every time I read that, I'm old enough to want to jump to Psalm 121 about lifting up my eyes. Where does my help come? My help comes from the hills. Maybe the psalmist way back then was looking at the hills and he could either see trouble, trouble brewing and wondering, wow, what's going to happen? But he knows about the God he, he cares for, the God who will bring him help. My help comes from the Lord, the maker, the maker of heaven and earth. That's what Psalm 121 reminds us. Indeed, who is his equal? For those of you who like travelling out the west of our state and... Uh, Help me out here because it's such a unique experience. Raise your hand if you like travelling out west. Go on, just pretend you're engaging somehow. Very good. Uh, and for me, I'm thinking, because uh, I have family in a place called Bathurst. And one of the things that uh, my beloved Rhonda, who's here today, and how nice it is to come to church with my wife after four months of not doing that. And I drive to Bathurst and uh, I can even picture myself standing on a place called Mount Panorama. It's night time. And you get out of the car. I've parked the car first, by the way. Then you get out of the car. And you stand there, and there's no city lights. And what do you do? You look up in the sky, and you can do it in mudge. And the stars, it's just profound. And you look up there, and the night sky is so clear. And I sit back and think, wow. So God, you've put every star in its rightful place. You've even named them. You know them. That's an amazing picture. And if you're doing that right now and you're in Bathurst, uh, of course, it's really rather fresh as well. So don't stay outside too long. we get too cold. But it's a wonderful picture. Stars, incredibly impressive. Who is this God? This is the one who's created all these things. He has not forgotten what they're like. He has not, not forgotten what we're like or our situation. This is the creator God of the whole world. It is his world. But right now, maybe... Even as Isaiah writes and I speak to you who are gathered in this building or watching on home, maybe the situation you're in right now, maybe it's too hard to contemplate that or to grab hold of that or to process that. Why? Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe your income has changed. Maybe right now in this so-called COVID season, maybe you're having to make decisions that are incredibly painful. Maybe right now you've lost a loved one. Maybe the future, which has always been uncertain, maybe now it's even more uncertain. Maybe your life, you feel right now, is in ruins. If that is the case, and in the midst of this season, such truths might be really hard to grasp hold of. And to hang on to. And I 
am noticing that in many people's lives and I've had uh, my own struggles as Rhonda has in the last few months wondering about the future, church, life, all those things and I've got to say to you folks it's natural one shouldn't somehow deny how we feel and what we're thinking and the emotions that we've had and sometimes you can't even understand why you feel the way you feel the ups and downs of the last few months have been profound I, I really I commend all those mums and dads who've had to try to work homeschool enjoy life do all the things they've had to I just sense that it's been profoundly difficult and I just I just commend you all it's been a challenge let alone to try and thrive and survive and enjoy and rejoice yes some restrictions have been lifted which is great but brothers and sisters as Isaiah wants people then to know to lift their eyes I want you today to know to lift your eyes we've never known about what tomorrow will bring you know that's true don't you tell me in your heart of hearts that you really do know in the life you've lived so far that you cannot predict tomorrow Shane spoke powerfully about that a few weeks ago and it's still the same today but what we do know is that I can hold on to the promises that come from the Word of God that it can hold on from the promises from God Isaiah is not numb to what people are experiencing and for those who have a passion to check it out just read chapter 39 he knows what does he say there in chapter 39 verse 6 the time will surely come when you'll have nothing left he knows this so he knows that in 39 and so 40 he's I've got to speak to this there are difficulties ahead in no way do I look with a short time of ministry left in my life do I think the future is going to be easy it's not going to be easy there are difficulties people right now are feeling incredible increases in mental health issues depression despondency heck you know the word despondency keeps coming to me nearly every day and I've got to put a note to myself and stop reading the news I get more despondent every time I read the news don't read about America that'll make you feel worse you won't sleep well at night true enough the, the, the level of issues around the globe are increasing you know it's not as if we just want to move on and people's hearts are crying out saying oh God even if you're there do something because we're feeling really awkward and that's if we know about the power of seeing that's how he concludes it and talks about the power that is felt and he says this why do you complain Jacob why do you we have someone on our tech crew called Jacob by the way today doing an awesome job so not that I'm saying Jacob you're complaining why do you complain Jacob why do you say Israel my way is hidden from the Lord my cause is disregarded by my God do you not know there it is again how many times do you not know have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth he will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom there's a great statement he doesn't grow tired or weary and no there it is no one can understand his ways he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak even there it is beautiful picture especially when you're getting old youths can grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall but those who hope in the Lord those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and then of all the majestic birds the picture is there they will soar on wings like eagles 
They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, how do we feel and experience something different through faith and hope? There's no point at which things can get on top of God. There's no point even today with this whole situation we're in can get on top of God. And even though we might cry out, even though it might be hard and there's a struggle, we need to remind ourselves of the one who is in control. And we will reflect a bit more on this lament issue in the coming weeks as we look at the book of Habakkuk from the Old Testament as Habakkuk struggles with how he feels and where is God. But the way Christians respond is by looking forward. It's to put on fresh clothes of hope. In that way we'll be able to soar and run and walk because someone else strengthens us. Yes, the people there in verse 27 are feeling down. They are feeling despondent. Worse, they're probably feeling disregarded by God. You know, and it's like maybe they want to bring God down to their level. And, and that's not going to happen. We need to lift our eyes to him. But when you're tired, when you're forgetful, when you're weary and you're worn out, doubt rises. Things happen in your head and your heart and you ponder and you wonder. That's the reality of tiredness. Can God really strengthen me? I'm so tired right now. Can God weary? Can God help my weary body, my weary mind? You know, it's hard to get a good night's sleep. Is anyone here struggling to sleep well at night? Man, I am. It's uh, an interesting experience. I wake up at different times and a million things are flashing through my mind. Then it's hard to settle them down. And then you go again, you get up and you just keep going. It's like, oh God. You need strength for each day. I don't need strength for tomorrows. Why? Because I'm never in a tomorrow. It's always a today. I'm in a today. God, give me strength today. You know, oh, God hears the argument. God hears the concern. Again, don't you know who he is? Have you not heard about him? There is no confusion in God's mind. There's no chaos. The natural order of things is there every year. We start with summer. We move to autumn, the leaves change. We move into this beautiful season called winter. And then hopefully we quickly move out of winter into spring and then summer. Every year it's the same, isn't it? Yes, you can nod. Every year it's the same. God has not changed that and it continues to be the same in the spiritual, supernatural world. He has not lost control. Uh, these seasons are not temporary. They're fixed, permanent. And brothers and sisters, we need to know that. They come and go like this season will come and go. You know, it's part of our life. And even though sometimes in the middle of winter we can feel the darkness can take us over in this season, lift our eyes to the one who can help. You know, and, and this season right now we know it's winter and we know spring is around the corner. Why? Because I live in a place called Wollongong. And it's getting windy. And you think, oh, that's right, the winds are coming now, July, August. And when the winds stop, finally we get out of that wind. Every year it's the same. We live in the top of a hill, the winds, oh, roller, it's blowing a gale again. That's right, the roof will be taken off, we'll do it. Every year it's the same. 
the winds come, Wollongong, Wollongong, it was windy. Uh, the birds can start to see the first sign of spring for someone like me. I love the flower, jasmine. I love its smell. I love watching it bloom and it's on our home. It's actually starting to come out now. I think it's coming out early, but anyhow, it'll be out soon in full bloom. And there's that particular smell that takes me back to a certain time and place when I was 14. But it's signs of something else. Isaiah is saying, no matter your scenario, believe in the cycle of nature, believe in the power of God, believe in what God can do, believe in his promises, never doubt God's capacity, never doubt God's goodness to us. And yes, the secret things belong to God. Yep. He is concerned. He loves us. He cares for us. You know, you could jump back to verse 15 of Isaiah 40. Surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket, he says. It's so insignificant compared to who God is and his greatness. There is no decay in God. There is no weariness in God. There's no tiredness in God. It's not as if God's sitting down with a, a flat white thinking, oh, I'm just so over this world I've created. I tell you what, those humans, gee, their problems. The world, that virus... Donald Trump, don't get me started. I might have to repent of that later on screen. Sorry about that. You know, God, and don't they know I'm the Alpha and the Omega? Don't, don't they know I'm the beginning and the end? Don't they know who I am? Don't they know I'm the creator of all things? Don't they know that you cannot take anything away from me? Don't they know I have power that is demonstrated to them every single day? Haven't they not seen what I did through my son Jesus in sending him on the cross and actually having him right? Don't they know any of that story? Don't they know I don't grow faint and weary? I don't tire. I uphold the world in my hands. When I am weak, he is strong. Isn't that the point the Apostle Paul makes again and again? He gives us strength to go on and power to go on. Another day, Father, strengthen me today. I, my body might be weary and tired. Another day, Lord. Give me strength for another day. How many, you know, how many of us really feel like we need more strength in the last few months than ever before? You know, maybe, uh, you know, it, maybe we've just gotten so tired we've forgotten to, the one who, to look to the one who renews us and strengthens us, let alone the thought, the thought process. You know, the day will come when we'll soar like eagles. Wow, what a picture. Hope, certainty, patience, waiting, trusting. It's all part of the picture that God has painted. Why? Because we need to remind ourselves, as I conclude, that our God truly does reign. I know that because I know Jesus. Uh, you know, Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. Have you come to him? Jesus says, look, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. If you are lost, have you come to Christ? Jesus says, if whoever hears my words will cross over from death to life. Have we crossed over from death to life this is the god who's revealed himself god's good laws in the spiritual world are affirmed by the laws in the natural world we need to remind ourselves of this there are some people right now in our culture and our world are saying just don't worry about covid you know as i said it's a conspiracy theory just get on with life and enjoy it it's pretty hard to do that right now it's pretty hard to ignore the frailty of humanity it's pretty hard to ignore what's going on around us but we need to look to someone else. And because I'm weird, if you're watching online, everyone here has just nodded and affirmed that I'm weird. 
You know, I love music. I've said that. If you watch any video, it shouldn't surprise you. And of course, uh, I love a singer called Mahalia Jackson. And for those who are young and naive, Mahalia is the one who's influenced Aretha Franklin. And for those who've never heard of Aretha Franklin, oh, I'd be shocked. Has anyone here not watched the Blue Brothers? Has anyone here not gone and seen the Carol King Tapestry moment in time? Has any man or woman here not heard Aretha sing, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman? They're all saying, of course they have, because they too love music. You know, and here's Mahalia Jackson, and she's the most famous voice, I think, back in 1963 in Washington, as Martin Luther King's delivering his most famous of all famous speeches, and he's floundering at a different point, and it's Mahalia Jackson who's sitting back here about where, hello, Phoebe, where Phoebe is, and Mahalia calls out to young Martin Luther King, tell them about the dream, Martin, tell them about the dream, and in the blink of an eye, he goes... And it's Mahalia Jackson, the most famous gospel singer. And she sings this song, and I love it so much. Somebody bigger than you and I. Somebody bigger than you and I. And she sings, when I'm weary, filled with despair, who gives me courage to go on from there? And who gives me faith that will never die? Somebody bigger than you and I. May it be, as we look at the future coming, there is someone bigger than us, Someone whose our hope is based in, someone who controls all things, who calls us to come to him and reminds us that he is a God who reigns continually. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your mercies. Help us live in light of that in Jesus' name. Amen.